Hey, y'all. Welcome to the People Purpose Podcast, the show that explores all the ins and outs, challenges, and opportunities that HR, people managers, and all people face at work every day. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Chaz Fields, and I'm with my brilliant yes. and HR nerd friend, Julie Devlin. Oh, Jules. Hi, Jules. Hi, Chaz. How are you? I'm good. Hey, so before we even get to normally what we do, I got to do a quick setup because, Julie, we're doing something different. Okay. Yes, yes. Um, this is part two of a two-part series that we uh, dropped in a previous episode about training and development and the misses that we have within these programs. So uh, I wanted to- Every time sure- you say we drop an episode, Chaz, I feel like we're like musical artists. Yeah, we dropped it. Yeah. Well, I mean- <laughs> Sorry. So maybe that's another episode for another day. Get to know Julie. Like, what kind of musical artist would <gasps> oh, she be? Oh, oh, yacht rock, hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, yacht rock. Yeah. For yeah. I'm I going straight big oh, hair band. No, like, like no, 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 no. Crew. I I would listen like, to yacht rock and classic oh, rock. But classic rock, yeah, yeah. But they, but the, now classic rock is like not classic to me. You know, it's classical music. I don't think <laughs> I don't think Guns and Roses is oh, classic man. rock. But when you look at how long ago they were in in vogue, it really isn't, popular. Yeah. Isn't classic like classic? At least in cars, I know is twenty years or older, right? So I yeah. look back at the music that I listen to, and we're. I'm, I'm getting close. I'm getting close to listening. Yeah, to well, the, thing, the thing that gets me, wow, we're really off script. But I hey, people love this. People love this. <laughs> I hope so, so. So the thing that really gets me is that every time I see like an award show on TV or something like that, and they're like, so-and-so just won this big award. I'm like, who's that? You know, I have no idea. And I just totally age myself. And for those of you who are younger, I am not that much of a nerd, but yes, I am. So go ahead, Chaz. Let's no, keep going. It's, it's, no, it's so funny because I, you know, you see the memes where it's uh by the way you, you know the artist of 20 years ago is only five years away from being 50 and i'm like oh no i'm like <laughs> this is this this is what's describing me i listen to that person anyways yeah, um yeah. hey jules tell me something good oh something good i don't know chaz you know we're in the dog days of summer as they might say yeah, right yeah. and I, I don't know that they're dog days but I actually love the heat. Um, now I don't love what the Texas it? heat. I don't love. Yeah, I don't love. The, I don't love the Texas heat, like where you're from. Um, but I, I, I really, I just feel better uh, with that vitamin D. I'm the kind of person that can sit on the beach. <clears throat> excuse me, like all day. I know. Um, and be, and I know. I know. We've actually done that. Yeah. That, that we were time, working. We that were time working. that we that well, we got stuck because of bad weather up north. So oh well, oh, we had to stay in Jacksonville. But anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, something good is just, you know, getting out in the sunshine these days, um, you know, utilizing that, that good mental health time. I think all of us need that. Sure. Um, and self-care is, is extraordinarily important, especially in today's environment. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. I think for me is now knowing, uh, what kind of musical artist you would be, in the past, uh, that, that, that is something good. I mean, we, well, Hey, we're always learning something new about each other. You know, you think yeah. you've got it all figured out, but we don't, you Yeah, know? I don't know that I'd be a yacht rock artist, but I'm saying that's like my favorite genre of music. I, really? I listen to yacht rock all year long. 
That, yeah, yeah, all year. Yeah, I get yeah. that. I get yeah. that. I get yeah. that. And by the and, way, we're only in like day three of summer and you are like already saying it's dog days of summer and it's not even hot here in Texas. I mean, it's hot. We're in the hundreds, but it's not August yet. Taz, I love you, but this episode is going to drop way later in the summer. <laughs> that's a good so, point. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's going to drop in a so couple I was, weeks. I was trying to be topical. You ruined it, but hey, Ooh, you know. You know. Right. Um, okay, so with that, uh, <laughs> as, as we always do. Oh, Julie, it's your turn to do the business stat of the day. Oh, oh, you're going to let me do it? Yeah, the wet. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. you're going to allow that? No. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Uh, 47... <laughs> So today's business side of the day, 47% of participants in uh, an HBR study said that they are dissatisfied with their employers' learning and development programs now. Chaz, not a big surprise, right? Yeah. Part two of the series, right? Shout out to Molly, the intern that found us this study, which has been incredible. But if you go back and listen to the prior episode, you'll start to see the theme here because... If people are dissatisfied, going back to the question you asked in a previous episode, how many of us actually ask, are you happy with how you were trained and developed, right? right. That's the yeah. question that you asked. And then, oh, by the way, there's actually a, a study that shows that almost half of people aren't. Yeah. And, and there are several studies, I'm sure, um, oh, yeah. that, that have that similar statistic mm-hmm. uh, of, of, of people who are just completely dissatisfied. You know, I, it's funny when you talk to uh, individuals about their work training, their training at work on the job training, a lot of times people just roll their eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, I also think, Chaz, and I don't know if I'm getting ahead or behind here with this, what I'm about to say, but I think um, work ethic has something to do with it too. Ooh. And also- okay. Okay, okay, wait, two things, work ethic. Second thing, self-motivation. Are you self-motivated? Because even if a company has bad training it, or whatever you would perceive to be what's bad training, mm-hmm. I think that I think that if you are the kind of person who is self-motivated and really wants to do well at the job and mm-hmm. you care enough mm-hmm. um, about the job, then you're going to do everything you can to yourself to learn how to do what it is you want. As long as the culture allows you to do that. Or are you saying just from a personal, okay, go ahead. I mean, I mean, just from a personal perspective, I'll I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. All right. Let's say you have somebody who I'm just going to throw an example. Let's say you have somebody who's a, who's a administrative assistant. Mm-hmm. And they want to learn how to code. Okay. Perfect. Now, now the, the, because they want to move forward in, in mm-hmm. their career. Mm-hmm. Now the company may not have a training and development program for them, nor would they offer them a right. training development program in that, in that role. Right. But there's a lot of free online learning or even paid online learning too. Got it. Yep. Yeah. That, that's what I mean. Like, are you yep. self-motivated self-starters? And it's another consideration when it comes to training. No, that's actually really good because we did a motivation episode several months back about what, you know, think about a time that you were motivated. Now the premise of that episode was burnout and, and are you on the verge and, you know, with the labor participation and all that stuff. Right. But I, I think it's a, I think that's a good point because if you're not self-motivated, then it's going to be really difficult for you to actually appreciate training and development, whether it's, whether it's for personal gain or in your profession gain. Right. So you have to, you have to have a desire and curiosity to continue to learn to, I think, to appreciate it. Now you can go back and say, you know what, that training wasn't the best for me, but, uh, 
and I didn't learn as easy as I could have, but that actually ties into what we were talking about before, where there's really four specific education types, if you will, or learning styles. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and those learning styles, just as a recap are, are visual auditory, uh, kinesthetic, which is the hands-on piece and reading and writing. But that goes to uh, a, a simple reminder that there are actually over 170. Yeah, charted. depending on who you ask. Depending yeah, depending on, on who you, you ask. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and who knows? I mean, you know, Chaz and I are not L and D professionals. We're no. not, you know, L and D scientists or anything. Yeah. But, you know, I'm sure there are lots of different studies out there that say, you know, how many different learning styles there are, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, the question becomes, you know, Chaz, how do we figure out what kind of way we do learn? Yeah, that's a, that's a really, really good question because we, we looked at some of the the tests that are out there. We, we reviewed some of them and, and it's like, okay, I can get on board with this, but how do we apply it to the workplace? And when we started talking about this two-part series and episodes, um, we had difference of opinion, right? And, yeah. and, and in fact, we, we, we had a very good debate or discussion, whatever you want to call it, where when do you ask how someone learns, assuming that they know, and if they don't, obviously the test, but when do you ask how an individual learns or wants to learn or desires to learn? Now, I, I said, okay, mm -hmm. I said, mm -hmm. I said, you should do it in the interview process. Mm -hmm. And the reason that I said that is if your organization has multiple ways of training and development, you can have that discussion to say, if you, you know, get this job, we have training that will cater to your learning style. Mm -hmm. Your response was different though. Go ahead. My response was different and I, because I I'm coming at it from uh, a different <laughs> I'm coming angle. At it, I'm yeah. coming at it from a different angle, but I don't know that, that I don't know that pre hire during the interview process is that's the best time to ask that question because okay. I would worry um, in compliance issues uh, for discrimination. Now, why do I say that? Because let's say that somebody says they're a hands-on learner uh -huh. and your company training is uh, uh, online. Mm -hmm. Okay. Only online. That's all. Okay. Well, you know, and maybe they have a dot. Yeah. Maybe they have a high, uh, a diagnosed learning disability that we know nothing about. Right. That's right. I mean, there's just a million different um, compliance and legal considerations pre-interview. Um, or pre-hire um, mm -hmm. that I, that I think could possibly come into play. Now, do I think that that's the most risky thing we can do? I don't uh, in terms of asking that question, and I do think it can be useful. But you know, so many times in human resources, I, I, and I've, I've been told this by mentors in the past, the answer is it depends, and yeah. that's true uh, in this instance as well. Yeah. What job is it that you're hiring for and mm -hmm. what job is it that the person is training for? Mm -hmm. um, I think that's the question. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can see both sides, right. Of the coin where it could be discriminatory, you know, if that individual gets a job or doesn't get the job right on the flip side, from your point, I also see that let's say that there is only one track and that individual, you know, gets the job. And then all of a sudden, this is not what I signed up for. Right. And then you mm -hmm. lose that individual either way. I think what we're trying to say here is you're right. It 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 does depend and and we're no compliance gurus or anything like that. I just the point being is that 
we have to take the time to understand yeah. and then more importantly, create and cater uh, training and development programs that will give that personalized or employee experience that's going to keep them around. And with that, today's episode, which is why we're going to talk about uh, one of the big things that I think, Julie, where the, where the miss is, obviously not having multiple tracks in the way that we train and develop employees. But one of the things that we also don't do, or most companies that I work with don't do, are take it a step further and say, how do you retain information? Right? Yeah. So information retention is is really, really critical. For me, I, I know when it comes to memorizing song lyrics, it's about repetition, Same. you know, right? It's it's about repetition. Um, it's really for me, I think I've shared this before on previous episodes, uh, is I process to understand, you know, you and I have had some knock down, drag out conversations about different things, whether it's policy or procedure or how you would approach mm-hmm. different situations and we take the time to understand each other's perspective. So then I transition into the workplace and I'm thinking, man, let's say it's not different perspectives, but let's say I understand my learning style. Then all of a sudden I start to develop new skills because I'm interacting with people who have different schools of thought. Right. I'll pause there. I can tell you I say something. No, no. I mean, yeah, I, I just think this whole, this whole topic is, is just so robust. Yeah. And we don't, in HR, when I'm thinking about learning and development in general, you know, we we focus on learning, but we focus on the big picture of learning, not the little picture. That's and the right. li- and the little picture is again individual. Yeah. Or even, you know, even in groups, right? What about taking employees, finding their learning styles, right? However you assess that Mm -hmm. and taking groups of employees and training them um, together in that way, Um, you know, or, or doing a hybrid, right? If you have somebody that has two learning styles, um, taking those groups and and training them together. I mean, there's lots of different things that we can do. Um, By the way, I also have, I'm really good at remembering lyrics. I'm it's crazy how well I remember lyrics. And I've said that on this podcast so many times how bad my memory is. My memory stinks. It sometimes concerns me how bad my memory is. But I know lyrics like I it's crazy how yeah. how well I know lyrics. Yeah. So and no. most of the lyrics are the yacht rock yacht. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Rock radio. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Um, so, so for our practitioners, I think obviously understanding how someone learns probably the next step is understanding, uh, how they retain information, you know, and then Julie, let's talk a little bit about how we have to shift the traditional, you know, learning modules, just the, the, the clicking through a video, if you don't learn that way, or uh, I mentioned on the last episode, we're just going to throw you in the deep end and, and hope that you swim type of training. Right. And and that falls under the, the kinesthetic or the hands-on. What do you think is probably a better approach when it comes to training? You know, there's, there's a lot of different schools of thought of this, but you had mentioned one, will you talk through that? Micro learning. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> Think about the world we live in today. Mm-hmm. We've again mentioned this before: how uh, the employee experience borrows heavily from the consumer experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we're we're living in a world where we can get things quickly, uh, where we can get things easily, and um, we want immediate results. That's right. 
So I think something like micro learning, um, where we take small snippets of information mm-hmm. and pre- present that information to the learner um, in a d- easily digestible format, yep. uh, something that uh, does not take a long time, but can be impactful. Um, mm-hmm. I think uh, that and memorable. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably the way to go. No, that's good. I think I think the other piece too is time spent. Right. We talked about on the previous episode, sometimes we have uh, trainers, if you will, that train once and then uh, they go to their, you know, their manager or their HR business partner, whoever, and say, you know, this person's just not getting it when we don't take into account external factors, right? Mm -hmm. Is it a distracting environment? Do we know how that individual learns? Do we know how they retain information? And my question to that also becomes how much time is being spent training, right? Yeah. And, and time spent is, and quality training, like time spent doing quality training, I promise you will save you money in the long run. Um, there's a ton of studies out there and I'm happy to send them out to those that are listening. But uh, what I, what I want to make a point of is if it is hands-on training, yeah. it is going to take longer. Okay. Sure. sure. Um, general, generally speaking, and that that's for everything because you have to you have to give someone time to consume it, right? Yeah. You have to give someone time to do it, and then you have to take the time to let them perfect that craft, right? right. We mentioned that on the previous episode, and and where I really struggle with some organizations is they set a specific amount of training time. Yeah, okay. that really really bothers me. Wait, wait wait wait. When you say training time, do you mean? Yeah time that someone has to to get it or yes yes or or how long we're going to offer the training both both all right tell me more okay so so the specific amount of time for someone to get it i think we've said said enough about that right if people so it's like an oh here's an hour yeah 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 and and if you click through the modules or you you do it (laughs) you should know it by the end of it right Right. right. And it's so funny because it, let's just say, can you, you know, you do the corporate training during onboarding. How many of you can tell us your mission vision statement? You, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> or your, your company's ethics or values. You know what I mean? So that's, yeah. that's, that's where it gets really, really tricky. Right. And then I think there's a huge safety risk in that. Right. There's a huge culture risk in that because there has to be a level of comfort within a job. Mm-hmm. And if you set restrictions on how fast I'm supposed to do it, number one, I'm already stressed, right? You're already making me stressed. Mm-hmm. And how am I supposed to feel like I belong in an organization if you immediately put me in a level of discomfort and say, you better have it by yeah, this point in time mm-hmm. or else? Now, caveat, right? There has to be some limitation within that, but it doesn't always have to be at a rapid pace. Go ahead. Yeah, I can tell you want to yeah. say something. No, I, I, I just had a thought and it's, it, it really boils down to a, a question. Are employees checking a box to say that they did something yep. or are they actually learning? Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's so also depends on the job too. Like, so if you have someone who's in a high risk position, right? You know, um, yeah. think about all the training that we give to folks, pilots, for example, 
right? High risk position. Um, you know, there's there's all these regulations. Positions, and, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we would hope that our doctors would be really, really well trained. Right. Um, you know, you don't want your brain surgeon, you know, going to, uh, you know, like, yeah, just 20 hour course online. Yeah. Right? Um, <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> that was off the top of your head. <laughs> I, it was, it was. Welcome to my head, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's it's yeah. This this whole topic it's something we need to rethink. And when we talk about where we are in HR and whatever this great reset we're doing or great whatever the great whatever <laughs> um, the great wall of HR is what I'm saying. You know, uh, it's yeah, like yeah. it's like we need to we need to take this into account. Um, because there's so many outside ramifications, other ramifications yeah. that training and development of employees touches yeah. in the organization. Yeah. And I think one of the key components to, to quality training, yes, is the content. Yes, is understanding learning style. The other piece is, can we help managers identify if someone needs training or retraining without the simple risk of we don't, we don't need them anymore. Go find us a different person. Yeah. You know, I had, I used to have managers who would say, who would think that employees should have gotten it quote unquote after (sighs) one time, you know, and that's just not how it is. And, you know, I've said that before and I just think that um, we need to train managers to have more patience, Yeah, not train them, tell them you need to have more patience. You also need to think about Think about yourself and how you would want to learn and how you, you know, is it, would it, would it have been enough time for you, regardless of learning style, right? right? The way that you're training your folks, it, would it have been enough time for you to train, mm-hmm. to, to learn the task? And, you know, I think that there's, you have to expect that there are going to be follow-up questions after, after training. Yeah. And if yeah. there's not, I, I, if there are no follow-up questions, I'm concerned. Yeah, you'd be I'm concerned. concerned. That should yeah. be a red flag. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That, that so. should be a red flag. And and I think that's that that's a critical piece too. Is how are we how are we monitoring employees in a way that they feel comfortable at their level, right? Yeah. And and I know, like, I'm a data nerd, right? I know that we have the 30, 60, 90 checkpoints in in a lot of organizations and how they do that. Uh, it, it, does that need to be restructured? Right? Does that need to be restructured? And then going to the level of comfort mm-hmm. that, that, that ties back to the culture component, right? So, yeah. so tra- again, going back to training and development is personal. Like it mm-hmm. is, it is personal. It Go is. ahead. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I'm going to bring it back near and dear to my, something near and dear to my heart, which is a psychological contract, that exchange relationship between yeah. the employer and the employee. Another consideration that we have to bring into play is what are you promising the employee? Are you promising the employee that we're going to provide you training right. and development that's going to allow you to do your job in a way that's going to be efe- efficient, effective, mm-hmm. and that you are going to thrive here? Yeah. That is the message that a lot of recruiters are sending. Mm-hmm. That is the message once someone is hired that uh, that hiring managers are sending. Yeah. So I think it's important for us to recognize as employers that we have to hold up our end of the bargain, if you will, yeah. um, in terms of what the employee is expecting to get out of the training. That's right. And if someone tells us that they don't learn a certain way, or how about this after a training, you know, I didn't really get that. Yeah. Let's not be critical. Yeah. Let's not be critical. Let's be understanding and have that, take that empathetic leadership approach to saying, okay, I hear you. 
and let's talk about how we can help you moving forward. Yeah, it's really funny you bring that up because I remember being in situations um, in the past and witnessing people making the point that you've made, asking for help is viewed as weakness in, in our society. And that's not fair. Like that's not fair at all, but I've been in rooms with, with people who have been chastised or judged or looked down upon because they asked a clarifying question and that ultimately impacted their performance review in a negative way yeah. where it's like, you, you should have known that by now, oh, or man. you should have known that before you got here. Yeah. And, and that really bothers me because that falls within a cookie cutter corporatized way of doing things when we know that people are diverse and people learn differently. It's like, yeah, we know you learn differently, but if you don't do it our way, it actually isn't going to work for us. And, and I think that's very, very short sighted because yeah. you, you, you lose out on so many good employees because you're unwilling to change the way that, that you do things now. Yeah. You know what I would love? I would love for those of you listening, if anybody has any, you know, off the sort of off the beaten path training mm -hmm. and development um, ideas or something that you've done that works really well, yeah. we would love to know. I mean, yeah. you know, put us, put it on social media, hashtag people purpose pod. And I guess shoot us a message. Shoot us an whatever. email. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll talk about it on a, on a, a future episode. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, that's really good. So, so Jules with that, yeah. What did you find your purpose in today? Uh, I found my purpose in recognizing that we need to make sure that we're not just checking a box when it That's comes right. to employee training. That's and right. I am going to say that I also found my purpose in the hindsight is 2020, thinking about my own career, thinking mm -hmm. about how I could have done things better, how I could have done things differently with my employees, training them. Um, and, uh, that probably would have saved a lot of headaches <laughs> had I taken yeah. a little bit more care and a little bit more of an individualistic approach to it. Yeah. Today I found my purpose in, uh, challenging myself, uh, at an earlier age to understand how I learn. And, mm -hmm. and I think that's the same way for employees. I hope that's the same challenge and call that they have because we were told in, in school how to learn, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, right. And, and you and you hope for a good teacher that recognizes that you learn differently. Yeah. Um, I think if organizations want to thrive, I think the purpose is let's figure out uh, this now so mm -hmm. we can actually develop a competitive advantage with our employees. And I think that's really, really critical. So, yeah. Jules, you want yeah. Yeah, I'm going to bring us home, Chaz. Right. I'm going to bring us home. Should I sing it in a Yacht Rock format? No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, a few reminders before we leave. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Use the hashtag PeoplePurposePod on social media sites like Twitter and LinkedIn. Also, be sure to check out the latest blogs and research from the Workforce Institute at UKG by visiting workforceinstitute.org. Hey, we appreciate everybody listening. Yeah. Have a great Thanks day. Thanks for listening, y'all. Cheers. Thank you.